Pulp Fiction? Yeah, I saw it on the airplane. It's cute. It's a 30-minute film about a group of friends who like cheeseburgers dancing in the Bible. Good morning, morning Greendale. Greendale. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And these are your morning announcements. Today, we're talking about Community Season 2, Episode 19, Critical Film Studies. So, I, I, I my, my good friend Ben, I want to have a real conversation with you. And that is why oh, we're yeah, going absolutely. to... Uh, and not just regurgitate references and oh, uh, why, catchphrases. Th- this is not you. a podcast about regurgitating references. So, not at all. I, I know this is, a re- this is a podcast for real conversation between uh, th- two real people. As you can see, I'm wearing my chunkiest sweater. I'm wearing the dressiest it's shirt. Qu- it's I a own. quite a quite a great chunky sweater, my um, friend. And instead of you know uh regurgitating the the wonderful catchphrases of good morning greendale like i wish you luck and going into segments like outsourcing mike's bits uh so we're actually gonna do the things that i said we're not gonna do Uh because you know what else we have no idea what to do other than that uh but here here's my catchphrase here's that good good shuffle oh that one wasn't great The fun thing is, Discord never actually picks up the shuffle, so I don't know what it sounds like until you send me your audio file. Uh-huh. This so one... anytime I'm like, oh yeah, good shuffle, woo, that is me faking it, just for the record. <laughs> okay. I've, I've faked all of them. It's good to know, and also good to know for your girlfriend as well. <laughs> you know what? We still have the top card, so what does it say this time? Boy, I was I was doing some uh, fidget shuffling before the show, and I was hoping this one wouldn't come up because I don't think there's a lot of comedy, at least for me. But let's, but maybe Ben has a good idea. Back in high school, what was the strangest thing someone could find in your locker? Uh, yeah, this is a terrible question. Um, be and and here's here's why. Okay. So, the the thing is <laughs> get the music out of here this is dumb. yeah no i i just um just killed that music <laughs> so the thing is that uh my first year of high school I, I got a locker and it was it was great because like it was in just the right uh right place in the school right place in the hallway where my friends and i would like just kind of hang out by my locker like between classes because it was like right next to a classroom. So there wasn't a locker next to mine. Um, it, you know, we just hang out and oh, it was man, great. The classic American locker hangout. The, the, you the had American it, locker dream. And I had it. And so I, I used it quite a bit. I mean, I, you know, put like books and stuff in there, but sure. it was fine. And then the next year. So at my high school, lockers were actually not mandatory. Because uh, you were allowed to bring like backpacks and stuff to class, I imagine that's not a, a true thing in a hall in all high schools. Okay, um, fair enough. But we could bring our backpacks and stuff to class, so you didn't really need a locker unless you like really had a lot of books and stuff to store in there. And so the next year, I never even used it. And then the the like my last year, because it was only a three year high school. 
my last year I didn't even get a locker. So like this is a terrible question because wow. I just didn't have any I didn't literally didn't have anything in my locker. Sure. For most of the time. I imagine the weirdest thing you'd find in my locker was a clarinet because I played clarinet in high school. Mm-hmm. I often uh forgot the fact that I had a locker and also forgot the the lock combination of said locker because I wouldn't go to my locker. Um so yeah, I I was not a I was also in one of those high schools in which you can take your backpack everywhere. And boy howdy, did I put everything in that backpack? Did did you anything come out of that everything in there? It is 400 pounds. Yep. You haul it to every class every yep. time. Yep. Absolutely. Did, now, did anything come out of that backpack in a acceptable state of turning in anything? No, it did not. It was it, everything was torn up and awful. Um, I didn't. I I kept most of my books at home actually because I never used my books. I'm, I wasn't a great student, uh, so I just kind of like existed and floated around and did the work in class, but didn't do anything outside of class. And I'm, then played I'm, video games at home. I'm sh- based on everything I've heard about you in this podcast. I am shocked that you to hear you are not a great student, Mister. I got a B in hangout class. <laughs> yep there it is i forgot i told the story about the leisure class i took in college um look you look sometimes you can't miss monday night raw you're 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 you know you have a three-hour class on monday nights it's like i can't go bowling tonight stone cold is stone cold wasn't on raw when i was in college who was on Edge is going to be doing something real cool on Monday Night Raw. Uh, I will say in junior high. Okay. Um, I, I, because we did have to have lockers and we were not allowed to bring everything in our backpack uh, to class. I had a locker and I got a little, uh, it was a, it was a, from the, okay, let me back up. Nintendo <laughs> Power. Because I was obviously an avid Nintendo Power reader. Sure, of course. I Nintendo was as well. Power had these that little catalogs ruled. that they would send out like quarterly where like you could buy some sweet Nintendo merch. And so I got a little magnetic uh, whiteboard with Yoshi on it. Okay, that sounds rad. Right? It ruled. I want that so now. I put that in my locker. Um, the thing that sucked about it is it wasn't dry erase. It was like wet erase, which was, which was a a weird move, but okay. What? Who, who makes a wet erase thing anymore? You know what? Don't question Yoshi because he, I mean, he's got the tongue. I get it. He's got the tongue. He can wet erase it for you. I get it. (laughs) Exactly. This is why Uh, you don't jump off of Yoshi to make that final jump. You, You either make the jump or you go down with Yoshi. He will clean your wet erase boards for you. So I did have that, and I put that in my locker, and my uh, locker mate and I, because you had to, like, share lockers and whatever. Okay. Did you never have to share a locker? No. All of my, all of our lockers were all, you had to, you had a locker mate. You had to share it with another human being. No. What? No. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe, maybe, I'm sorry. Maybe I was just at the good high school in my area that had <sighs> lockers for every single student. Fine. So, let if me back up. If I had a locker up. mate, I could ask them what the, the, the code was. 
Because I've Let forgotten it already. Back up one more time then. We had locker this, mates. This had way more discussion of it than I expected. The weirdest thing that you could find in your locker in, in junior high was your locker mate. <laughs> so uh, we had we had to share it with another human being. Sure. And so my locker mate and I would write random crap on this Yoshi board. And one time we drew a speech bubble that said something like, I don't remember what it said. It was like, Ben is something like... Oh, okay. Uh, I was who, hoping it would say knows? like something like "eat my ass" or something, but fair enough. <laughs> no, it was it was my uh, my high school and junior high friend uh, who was Mormon, and so it would definitely not say "eat my ass." Um, <laughs> now you put have might have put it that, but that's different. so. Uh, so somebody wrote "Ben is something," and the words got kind of mashed together, and so it looked like it said "Benis," and so that's how. <laughs> Uh, early internet Ben, my username was Benis the Menace because I had no, <laughs> I was not clever. Um, no, that so. is super clever and I love it. Although it does, it does look like the word penis. It does look a little bit like the word penis. You so cut off that like, second hump uh, in the B. Pe- penis the Menace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That, and that doesn't rhyme nearly as well, unfortunately. Penis the meanest. So there it is. <laughs> let's get into critical film studies. You know, every the time, community episode. Every, every week, I don't think that uh, uh, outsourcing Mike's bits is going to deliver. It delivers somehow. It just See, does. That's, that's what makes the pod decks the the crappiness of the pod decks so amazing. Is that if you get someone great at doing interviews like yours truly a real <laughs> master of the craft it's true you can you be should. like hello human who has not who literally didn't have a locker the last year mm-hmm. of high school what weird stuff would you find in in your locker in high school and then i'm like guess what here's a here's a roundabout story that ends up with me saying the words penis the meanest so <laughs> I'm Boom. Leslie Stahl, and welcome to 60 Minutes. This week Interview, we have... Interview, I would drop the mic, but A, uh, it's on a microphone stand, and B, I paid for this microphone, so I'm not going to drop it. Right. I'm not made of money. So let's talk about Community Season 2, Episode 19, Critical Film Studies. It starts out with Jeff walking down the street. We've got a narration uh, provided by Jeff. Uh, that starts out, it was my friend Abed's birthday, and he's kind of walking through the city, a decidedly un-Colorado looking city. It looks <laughs> very New Englandy, if okay. I'm gonna if I'm gonna place it. I have never seen anywhere in Colorado look like that, but that's beside the point. Okay, um, fair enough. Uh I mean it was like a bunch of like row houses and stuff, like I, I really just I I don't know that anywhere in Colorado has such a okay, such a look. Fair enough. I I don't know. Um. I I uh, I I kind of got zo- I was like in the story of my dinner with Abed. Immediately gripped by this story. Mm-hmm. So I also did notice in the background because I was paying special attention to the background this time. He does walk by a street sign that it it's like a normal street sign and then at the bottom it has another little sign attached that says this side of sign and i'm like what does that mean 
it probably is a, a a sign for the prop department saying this is the sign of the side that has something on it. It's just such a weird thing to note in the background. So, <laughs> anyways, Jeff goes on in this uh, this uh, voiceover. He's talking about Abed. It's Abed's birthday. Uh, he talks about how Abed really likes to quote movies and pretend his life is like a TV show. Uh, he's really into Cougar Town, and is it seems like he didn't want people to like him. Uh, when Jeff asked what he what Abed wanted for his birthday, Abed said we should have dinner, the two of them, for an important conversation. The restaurant they went to is a very nice restaurant. Cloth napkins isn't usually Abed's jam. Um, Jeff is nervous about it, but he's he loves Abed, so he's going to do his best. Remember restaurants? <laughs> I do. It's funny. Me and my wife were having this whole conversation about where will we go? What will I we was, eat? I was I was about to be like, what's the fancy? Because this is this is a very fancy place, and I was going to be like, what's the fanciest place you've ever been to? And I'm like, hell, man! Like at this point, if I could go down the street and like eat a slice of pizza like by the slice uh at the like local pizza place that would be hella fancy right now right yeah that's i'd put on a suit for that yeah i have when uh, we when we get the vaccine do you want to put on some suits and then go eat pizza at a like divey pizza place you that mean, sounds cool. You mean the one on my street that I'm planning on going to? I will absolutely yeah, put let's on put on let's put on some suits. I will say I am hoping my suit fits. <laughs> um I have not I've not done a great job on the weight loss journey. Um some would say I've gained it. Uh-huh. More of a weight gain journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean it's a journey. <laughs> <laughs> the important part is that you're on a journey <laughs> it's not the destination it's the it's journey true. but yes i would love to put on a suit and go eat uh go to a dive bar <laughs> like there, yes. there's a dive bar like a block away from me i will put on a suit walk in be like shots of jack for everyone i don't know hell yes i'll, I'll buy I'll, a round i will do the stuff you see in tv i've always okay a c- a confession time you want some real conversation i have always wanted to be like round on me and then literally buy everyone in a bar like a round of drinks i've always wanted to do that and i don't know why it just seems like the classiest it, freaking thing to be I'm like i'm not sure if it's classy I mean, okay, but it's okay, like okay okay <laughs> let me back up it is not okay. classy it is a combination of nice and braggy all at mm. the same time because what you are there doing is. is you are saying i have the money to cover literally everyone in this bar's drink which is a thing that is difficult for the average person to do at any given time. However, I still want to do it. I want to be like, sup, everyone, I got the vaccine. Boom. Drinks on me. And then like buy everyone around. Now, Now, granted, I'm going to scope out the bar and be like, how many people are in this bar? I'm going to run those numbers (laughs) in my head. You're like, okay, there's two people in the bar. Okay, let's go. Um, (laughs) Drinks on me, you two. Now, if I may offer a punch up. Yes. You said, I got the vaccine. Drinks on me. Now, here's an idea. I got the vaccine. Shots on me. (laughs) I believe my wife gave me a huzzah in the background. Excellent. (laughs) This may be the only episode of the podcast she listens to because she's listening to it live. Uh, 
that is actually that's a pretty good joke um I, I do think i, appreciate I do that. think when when we get the vaccine we should like we get the shot and then we go buy shots for yeah. strangers in a bar that i i see nothing wrong with this plan excellent so anyways uh all that to say they go to a restaurant it's a very nice looking restaurant it, oh yes you asked what a nice restaurant is to move to let's go eat let's go take a suit and eat pizza at a it time was, it, remember how i said the important part is not the destination but the journey that we went did. on a journey friend <laughs> we sure did jeff uh is he he comes up and he's he orders his uh mccallan neat and Abed walks in and he is wearing a very comfy looking cardigan, uh, which is totally, I mean, real nice. Abed basically dresses like I do, which is like, here's a T-shirt with a nerdy reference on it. Today I'm wearing my uh, Diva Pavalaguna from uh, the Fifth Element done in an Ah, Art Nouveau style. Excellent. Um, I am wearing Rocket Crocodile from the Flophouse. So I would Listen say Abed's usual attire is sort of like us, and mm-hmm. today he's dressed like Mr. Rogers. It's true. A very chunky sweater and nice dress shirt. He looks fantastic. Danny he Pudi, looks very good. Danny Pudi can pull it, it off. Mm-hmm. Jeff is immediately concerned because Abed shows up. He's hugging Jeff. He's making eye contact. He has gone 30 seconds without making a reference to anything. This has increased Jeff's worries about Abed needing help even more. I mean, legit. From, like, from what we know about the character, this uh-huh. is outside of the bounds of the character. Uh, Jeff does give him a wallet from uh, that references Pulp Fiction. Uh, good to mm-hmm. uh, just c- keep that in mind. That says "Bad Mother" uh, and is interrupted by their table being ready. Mm-hmm. So I have I have a very important question that will really. Uh, Push the direction of the rest of this podcast. I know the question you're about to ask. Have you ever seen the movie Pulp Fiction? This is a story. <laughs> okay. So I rented it once um, with okay. my, my wonderful wife. Um, at that point, I believe she was just a girlfriend. I don't even think we were engaged yet. Um, we both fell asleep during it. Okay. Um, this surprisingly, this happened a, another time with a different movie that people love, uh, Fight Club. Okay, you wouldn't think that I could fall asleep during said movies, and yet I did. Um, I too have fallen asleep during Fight Club, although it was the second time I watched it. Ben, the first how- time I was like, "Yeah, okay, this is interesting," and then the second time I literally fell asleep. So. Ben, you and I are surprised wonderfully well matched for this kind of discussion we we should form a club called fell asleep during fight club club the first <laughs> rule the f- is that um you have to fall asleep during you, fight have to, club. you have to fall asleep during fight club the second rule is probably best if you don't talk about it because <laughs> people love that movie and they will give you crap for it I have um, I have a bad uh I have I've something to share with you though Ben. Okay. We are recording this for release to tell people about no. falling asleep during Fight Club Club. I'll redact that whole thing. It's just going to be 5 <laughs> minutes of a beep. Um <laughs> 
on that note, though, I have seen Pulp Fiction many times because seen, I think I fell asleep around half of it. I mean, I've seen all the different like I know the references and I know the you know the the like this the the accidental headshot etc. The mm-hmm. you know like the the Royale with cheese etc. Like some of the kind of mundane like the 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 dancing with the voguing kind of thing going on. Like I know some of the references, but some of the deeper stuff doesn't doesn't okay. doesn't hit me i mean i did look up who exactly everybody was though so there's um because yes as uh, i have seen it many times because as a uh young white male wannabe film nerd i too had my time adoring quentin tarantino sure before i decided that he's a jackass and i don't really give a crap about him anymore so yes, I was just curious because uh yeah, the in- so this episode obviously split into two different sections. Uh one is the my dinner with Andre section, which mm-hmm. I have not seen. I have um, also not seen, but I have So ha- I am I've, helpless here. There is I I regret bringing up Doughboys on here again, but okay. Doughboys has done a Doughboys double about my dinner with Andre. And it was a very good episode. They got deeper into it than the episode of Community, surprisingly. I'm surprised uh, Binging with Babish hasn't done like my dinner with Andre's dinner or something. It seems like <laughs> something up his alley. It does. Let's send an email right now. Anyways, so I've not seen my dinner with Andre, but then the other half of the episode takes place at the diner Britta works at which is all Pulp Fiction references. All so pretty much the entire episode is just constant switching between two very specific movies. Uh, one of which I own and have seen dozens of times. And one, the only thing that I know about it is that there's a Simpsons reference where Martin is in an arcade playing the video game adaptation of My Dinner with Andre and they're talking and he's like tell me more and then he pushes up on the the joystick which is tell me more sure um that's it that's all i've got in this episode of community that's all i've got of my dinner with andre when i first saw this episode like whatever you know seven years ago i was like Mm -hmm. that seems like a boring movie and now i'm 32 and i'm like yeah that sounds like an interesting movie to listen to I, I'm like, we should get drunk and watch My Dinner with Andre, except it's probably going to be less entertaining than when we did it with Titanic. Oh, yeah. It's two people having a conversation. <laughs> like, if we're going to do anything, to, we get drunk and do Pulp Fiction, which you own and we could do. Jeff gives Abed the wallet that says Bad Mother Effer on it. He also suggests, hey, you know, this place is kind of stuffy. Like, let's go down to the, let's go down the block uh, to that burger place uh instead of this fancy meal we'll get some milkshakes nonsense i didn't come downtown for burgers he's that's the the kind of tone that abed has this entire first half of the episode i so i imagine that uh my dinner with andre abed is probably closer to how danny pudi actually talks in real life but it is still very unnerving to see Um, because i mostly know him as abed so that's true but i have seen him um tell uh uh larry Larry, i'm on ducktales yeah larry i'm in ducktales which is Mm -hmm. which again is just a funny thing so i I don't know um, that's that that is barely a reference 
so yeah, Abed's like, no, let's let's have this meal. Jeff pulls out his his phone and he he calls someone. He's like, well, we're running a bit late. It cuts to the diner where we find out that they're doing a whole Pulp Fiction party for Abed. Everyone is dressed up like Pulp Fiction characters. Britta is dressed up like Mia Wallace, uh, which is Uma Thurman's character. Honestly, a pretty good, uh, pretty good likeness, I gotta yeah, say. Yeah, not bad. Annie is Honey Bunny, um, which is also like pretty good. Like the the wig, I think, really pulls it off. Um, the wigs are doing a lot here. They're they're doing a lot. We've got Shirley as Jules, which is uh, just astounding yes the the uh the facial hair is tremendous it's it's amazing uh so uh, samuel l jackson's character is very good troy as um uh i always call him ringo he's officially credited as uh pumpkin i think yes from what i looked up Um, he was pumpkin yes and um of course uh uh oh uh chang is Bruce Willis's character, uh, Butch. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you've got uh, Pierce as the Gimp, which is yep amazing. Well, if I remember correctly, uh, the scenes in which uh, Pierce is there with the mask on isn't actually Chevy Chase, if I remember correctly. Interesting. I mean, if I'm Chevy Chase, I'm going to throw my weight around enough to be like, if I don't have to be dressed up in this gimp costume. I'm not going to be dressed up in this gimp costume. I mean, even if I didn't have the same amount of cachet as Chevy Chase did, I might suggest the same. It's so, it's leather. Um and and uh Jeff is uh um also uh John Travolta's character, uh Vincent Vega. Um so I I love this I love this sort of cast of community characters as pulp fiction characters. It's very good. Uh, I I think the joke about Pierce being the gimp is very good. It leads to a lot of very funny things in this episode. If I'm throwing a Pulp Fiction party for a friend of mine, I'm going to try to avoid the gimp. Fair. (laughs) Seems like a good choice to me. Again, not remembering Mm -hmm. a ton of Pulp Fiction. You could have had like the wolf. I mean, uh, he's great um sure again i don't i i'm I'm a brick wall here i don't know i mean i could google it uh pulp fiction i mean it's just another guy in like a black suit but you know okay yeah played by harvey kate 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 why did why did i i'm having so many problems tonight i don't know anything about pulp fiction i don't know how to say people's names it's just Harvey Keitel in a suit, but like you could just you could just do that. That's fine, but whatever. It is it is funnier as a in image to put uh, Pierce in that costume, though. It is. Jeff got a replica of. Sorry, backing up because wow. it's not a replica. It is not. Well, it's not. It's yes. Uh, <laughs> we don't. We we currently think it's an my an my notes said replica, but because that's what I know. Jeff got Abed the briefcase from Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. which we don't we don't really know what is all what this is all about yet. We just know it is a briefcase. It is Jeff's gift to Abed, right? 
Troy is just like he's going mad with like he wants to know what's in it where there's some serious jealousy vibes mm-hmm. that are like well uh, Jeff's trying to be Abed's best friend yeah Britta makes fun of him for asking what's in it saying what do I have 3D vision now um, <laughs> and he's like yeah you do Britta does tell everybody she's responsible for the diner when her boss isn't around you did skip over the best part of that interaction, though, which is Britta shouting, you don't know me, when Annie says, you do have 3D vision. That's fair. I didn't I didn't write that part down, but it is the best part of that. You're right. Just I like the I like the idea of Britta being so indignant that someone's like, yeah, you see in 3D and she's like, you don't know me. It's very possible. She has some kind of uh, uh, vision issue. That means she doesn't. I don't know what that is, but, you know. Uh, so yes, like you said, Britta uh, is. Uh, we find out that she works at this diner. This is new information to us yes. as of this episode. Information that will become useless here soon. <laughs> exactly. So, and then we get one of my favorite Shirley lines yes. of all time. It's I, oh, I'm so glad we're we're bringing up the Shirley line. Pierce asks, "Has anybody seen this film? Am I the hero or the love interest?" Which, which hilarious hilarious already already hilarious and then shirley says oh pulp fiction i saw it on an airplane it's cute it's a 30 minute film about a group of friends who like cheeseburgers dancing and the bible i've seen enough of pulp fiction to know that's hilarious this is so amazing like i love <laughs> i love this line from shirley because i'm like okay yeah if uh if you were to watch a cut of pulp fiction that they made safe for airplane consumption that's about what it sums up to um (laughs) i do want to know what she thinks the gimp is in this equation um however it it just cracks me up every time uh it's one of my favorite shirley lines it's it's very good troy is going to be obsessed with the briefcase starting now And it's like, Jeff's not better than me. We cut back to my dinner with Abed. Jeff says something about like Pulp Fiction. He keeps referencing Pulp Fiction to be like, hey, like Pulp Fiction. Yeah, he's like, you want to go to that diner? And Abed starts ordering. Jeff, Jeff orders a salad. The waiter's like, excellent choice, sir. And Jeff's like, yeah, I nailed it. Which is which is such a small, hilarious moment that I literally I forgot it happened. So I laughed out loud. (laughs) Yeah, Jeff is talking about this wallet, and Abed is like, yes, I, I really was a man of singular taste. Th- and Jeff is thrown off by the was. It's like, what's going on? Right. Why, why are you dressed like Mr. Rogers and speaking like Frasier? So Abed uh, was is, starts talking about how he's like, so there's that show, like Cougar Town. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm a big fan. I started this fan club on Facebook just to express my love for the show. It got big. I got a message from the people who make Cougar Town, and they invited me to come out and visit the set. Which um, uh, I will just say, because super fan Laura made a, a fan group for us, and then she got to be on Ring My Bell. So it just—that's that's like how this. you get it done. You make a fan group, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you get to be on the production it's true this is this is why i'm making a fan group for uh 
Wait. The Jacksonville Jaguars. No, and there's, then that see, way, there's already one of those. That <laughs> and they're way, not going to let me take a snap at quarterback. They they will be like, no, do I want that? It's I'll poop my it, pants like Abed. <laughs> we've got two minutes left in the fourth quarter. We're down. I know what we got to do. We got to bring points. in the guy who created the fan page on Facebook. He will be just as good of a quarterback as anyone we've got. Let's be real. And then the next play is like, well, can somebody get him off the field? He's he he is now a corpse. Can we get a, an actual football player onto the field now? Thank you. Uh, perfect. It totally worked out for everyone. Um, except well, I am the- a millennial, so you know. Uh huh. So, um, hey, at least they'll be talking about you for a while. You you made it into the record books. Also, how many times am I going to reference being a millennial and being okay with death on this podcast? It, I mean, it's it's March of 2021. It, it is what it is, man. Um, you, you showed up to record this. You could just be like babbling into the microphone and I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. S- send it out. Release hey, I'm it. I'm using this is mostly words. Mostly words. So yeah, we we get this whole story about Abed visiting mm-hmm. Cougar Town. Uh, he sold some of his his action figures to fly out to L.A. Um, and the director was like, "Hey, why don't you jump into the background? You know, be there for a take, walk through Cougar Town." He uh, panics about this because how can a person that watches Cougar Town be in Cougar Town? And then when the director called action, he had to realize he realized he had to stop being someone who's seen the show and become a character on the show. He literally creates this character in his mind named Chad. And he as he's kind of going through and figuring out who this character is while they're filming a scene, mm-hmm. uh, he realized that Chad had lived more than Abed had. And the director called cut and Abed's like, I'm not done being Chad. One more take, but they they nailed it. They were already moving on. And this is when Abed lost control of all his faculties, fell to the floor, and pooped his pants. I love the expression on Jeff's face when Abed delivers the line, I pooped my pants. Like, Jeff is just like, oh my, I, I, I escape, abort. I need, like, he looks terrified and He's I like, love it. This is deeper than I thought we were going. Um, so, uh, but it's not the the story doesn't end there. Abed had somebody help him up. The wardrobe lady gave him some new pants. He thanked everybody. He apologized and then got in a car and went back to the airport. Um, I do love, though, in the most meta of touches that that uh, Danny Pudi, Abed, was actually an extra mm-hmm, on mm-hmm, Cougar mm-hmm. Town. Uh, uh, credited as Abed Nadir. And uh, I've never actually watched the scene, but from what I understand, there's a moment in the scene where he suddenly looks very panicked because he has pooped his pants. Yes, that I believe <laughs> if I it's been a while since I've watched it, but that does happen. The level of meta dedication that is required to have an extra be credited as a character in a different show and to have it be canon that he pooped his pants on set in the background it is dedication 
And it is two writers being like, hey, this is going to be real funny. There is the th- one of the things I love about community is that there is sort of a level of self-awareness and meta humor that is not hard to attain. It's not always very funny even, but like you can be it's pretty easy to be meta. Right. It doesn't it doesn't take rocket science. But then there is a just like very subtle, very clever like extra meta level that community repeatedly gets to it's stuff like this where it's like okay in order to understand what's going on you have to watch both shows you have to pay attention to background characters you have to be like oh crap that's that's danny pooty he's he's uh, the guy on community and then realize that moment of terror when he has pooped his pants and then also connect it back to this episode and be like oh wait that moment is a reference to this moment referencing that show. It takes so much work <laughs> to do and so much work to notice that it's on a whole different level. Community does this better than anyone. Yes, absolutely. Hands I, down. I just like sometimes when I've uh, it. This isn't a weak reference at best, but sometimes when I'm off of uh, Twitter for a while and then somebody starts uh, trending, it's like, okay, now I've got to put on my excavator hat. And it feels like you had this is the first time I ever had to do like the excavator hat of like, okay, Abed was on this show and then what and then he referenced it and then you can look back on it. It's like, oh, there he pooped his pants and you come back. It's like putting on an excavator and being like, okay. Like starting to put the the string on the wall together of like and then this mm-hmm. and then that and then that. It's great. I I do love it. It's 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 that like extra touch of a writer being like this would be really funny and then the showrunner being like, oh yeah, we're gonna do this. So back at the diner, uh, Troy is still really obsessed with his briefcase. Chang is playing the role of a literal snake tempting yes. him. Like he slithers up into the scene, mm-hmm. which is kind of is this a pretty great uh ken jong moment yes honestly. it is fantastical like, physical movement oh just wonderful and the other thing that i love about the pulp fiction homage in this is that they keep having background music from pulp fiction in the background of these diner scenes like i have listened to the soundtrack enough to be like oh yeah that is literally the music from pulp fiction that doesn't surprise um, me at all <laughs> it is it's that little extra touch of being like Okay, yeah, cool. We've got that music. We've got everyone in costume. It's a great little Pulp Fiction yeah. homage. It it, um, it feels like this is exactly what they generally do when it's time for an homage. But this time they wanted to do two of them and do it really well. Uh, and they do one of them really well and one I've not seen my dinner with Andre. Right. So, but you can tell, like, the fact that it is a dinner with Andre is like, I've read the synopsis on Wikipedia. I'm like, that feels like a dinner with Andre kind of thing. There were times when if I was playing it as a video game, I would hit the joystick to say, tell me more. Mm. So that's what I got. Britta's boss is getting really annoyed with her because she promised the private party would be done before eight because eight is prime time for nostalgia themed diners. When everyone watches the news and they get scared of the news, they pine for the comfort of pre-racial America. Yep. Uh, Britta then apologizes to Brian, the name of Britta's boss, 
Uh, and he's like, I'll give you all of my tips for my next shift. And he's like, your, all, all, all your tips. Oh, can we get them spread over two years so they don't get slammed on taxes? Very sarcastically. Uh, but yeah, I do love that. They're just like, oh, everyone hates Britta. Like, <laughs> it's not just, it's not just us in this group. Everyone. Okay. Okay. The wider Brittaverse doesn't like Britta. We go back to my dinner with Abed. Uh, and Abed is still having this conversation. He's like, I mean, who needs any pop pop culture whatsoever? Uh, the reason I asked you, specifically you, Jeff Winger, to come to this restaurant and have dinner with me is that this is the first birthday of my new life. And I'm not leaving here until you give me my first real conversation. Mm-hmm. He also says that he was that wallet on the surface, a reference to cinematic drivel, but empty on the inside. Um, so uh, once once uh, Abed tells him that Jeff is going to give him his first real conversation, Jeff's like, yay. So I was about to point out that maybe Jeff Winger is not the person you want to have for a real conversation sure. because everything he says is bs constantly but i'm like okay actually out of that that entire study group who who would you try to get a real conversation out of i think Je- i mean jeff is too much bs but like annie and troy are just too naive to right. like they haven't they haven't lived through life they've got no life experience um maybe surely I think Shirley's the other, the only Shirley, other Shirley, choice. I think, could give some real conversation. But it would um, all be couched in Christianity and morality in that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, you'd have to you'd have to make sure that it's not just like Bible verses. Right. Um, and, or about her kids. Sure. Pierce is an absolute no-go. Absolutely not. And Britta Britta will like, just talk about how she lived in New York. And knows how to say bagel. Right. And then give you like some really uh, interesting choices of uh, political leanings. I'll put it that way. So honestly, I'm like, okay, maybe Jeff was actually the best choice. Um, Okay. Surprisingly, after we went through that whole thing, it's like, yeah, Jeff is kind of the most down to earth, huh? And I mean, also, the other thing that kind of keeps coming back up is how I think more Troy than anybody, but maybe also Abed, where they kind of look up to Jeff as like, Jeff is what it is to be a man. Yes, absolutely. So I get where they're coming from. But like, just on a personal level, like if I'm going to be like, I want to have a real honest conversation with one of the, the study group from community, I will probably just go watch cougar town instead yes that's accurate i was thinking like if they so this is super meta and also probably wouldn't have worked but the person if i had to choose anyone from the community current that we know of currently obviously it's magnitude but past magnitude pop 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 pop, exactly it would be actually literally be andre okay Mm -hmm. because i think yeah he is not a caricature (laughs) Everyone else is a caricature. Yeah. Okay. I'm willing to accept that. He, and then you're like, literally having dinner with Andre. It works see, on multiple exactly. levels. And then it's my dinner with uh, Andre, dinner with Abed. Dinner with uh, Andre. 
Okay, I'll workshop it. Don't worry about it. Let's keep moving. The problem, though, is that Jeff does not believe there's such a real thing as conversation. Everybody lies constantly. Uh, he says that we use uh, we use conversation to sweet talk our way around natural selection. He also says, because Abed's like, well, what about when we're alone? And Jeff says, no, we lie the most when we're alone. Most of the lies that we tell come from the six inches away from the mirror every day. And so, as much as I just gave Jeff crap for not having real conversation, I'm also like, okay, but yeah, though, like we mm-hmm. do lie to ourselves an awful lot. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, like I, I, I lied to myself saying that people really love this. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, I, people don't like the jokes about us being a bad podcast. Um, <laughs> They do think we're needlessly hard on ourselves. And it's like, no, we're having fun. We love what we I know do. we're having a lot of fun, but I'm like, I can't, I can't make the joke. I, I do, I do lie to my, I mean, we all lie to ourselves, obviously. Uh, and if you don't I, lie to yourself, you're probably a little bit of a, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know where I'm going with any of this. <laughs> I lie to myself every time I'm at the grocery store and I say, this time I won't eat this entire bag of potato chips in one sitting. Mm-hmm. I, I lie to myself every weekend when I walk into my room and like this weekend I'm gonna clean it. So you know, we we do we we lie to ourselves, um, and uh, Abed pushes the point further, um, and Jeff's like, well, okay, but like, what if what if uh, you call a sex line and Abed says, oh, well, that's just you being honest about being lonely, and Jeff brings up this hypothetical Mm -hmm. about well what if you're a good-looking guy who calls a sex line and tells them that you're 400 pounds just to hear somebody say that you're attractive anyways and when abed calls bs on it jeff's like no because i did that just last week um he then kind of uh he he reveals that he's scared that if he was overweight no one would like him and then kind of relaxes like man that feels good to admit and then decides to tell Abed something he's never told anyone else. And then Abed kind of looks at him almost in a way of like, oh, I'm over. I've, I've, I've miscalculated. Yeah. You can see the sudden shift in Abed's face of like, well, crap. I've opened Pandora's box. Back at the diner, Troy is still really obsessed with his briefcase. And Chang is still being like, man, it's got to be so cool. I mean, whatever he got him. You know, he's going to he's going to open it, you know, be like, that's so cool. And I mean, he's hanging out with your boy right now. And then, you know, by the end of the night, it's going to be like Troy who. And this uh, Chang succeeds at this. Troy runs over over to the briefcase and opens it. Um, Just like in Pulp Fiction, it splashes them with golden light. And they don't we initially don't get to see what's in it. Uh, but then the camera moves over Troy's shoulder and we see that it's a certificate of authenticity and a light bulb in the briefcase. Um, and it's the real briefcase from the movie. The real briefcase. The real one. I Just put a pin in that one for us. <laughs> I'm not an expert on movies, but I have to assume that like, I mean, that was made in that Pulp Fiction was made in like 1995. Sure. I have to assume that like the briefcase from Pulp Fiction doesn't exist anymore. It it's probably a thing that like maybe it was someone's real briefcase, or maybe it's just someone chucked it after production. 
Who knows? Maybe. I don't I don't think the real briefcase. I'm going to actually I'm going to Google the real I, Pulp Fiction briefcase. I will say that I have I, I do follow this. This You're going to have to follow me on this one. On TikTok, I do follow some prop masters um, who like sometimes pull out like all this different stuff they've made before. So it's possible that they kept it around. That it's not just garbage. So I Googled it and it's just all of the fan theories about what was really in the briefcase because some people think... I don't care think, what's in it. Where is it? Some people think that the briefcase literally contained Marcellus Wallace's soul because of a lot of weird symbolism in the movie and um uh it doesn't say anything about what where the actual prop is i need the current whereabouts of this briefcase we will never know and it's the most depressing thing that has ever happened in the history of life um it's true although i did i am on ebay now of pulp fiction and original movie props Okay, hit me with that. Um, they don't have it. <laughs> I okay, I didn't. Think Although so. you can buy uh, Samuel L. Jackson's screen-worn used movie prop costume suit with certificate of authenticity for just a very reasonable two hundred thousand uh, dollars. We would like to remind you at this point we are on Patreon, <laughs> so you can go to Patreon.com/slash/BackToFuturama. Our two hundred thousand dollar tier. Uh, we'll provide you a picture of me wearing a probably way too big, uh, way too tall and way too th- small in the, the belly area Samuel L. Jackson suit from Pulp Fiction. Yes, Samuel L. Jackson is 6'2". He is closer to my height than uh, <laughs> I believe he is uh-huh. to yours. I'm, I'm going to drown in that suit. Uh, and you can get a picture of it for just... <laughs> $200,000 on patreon.com slash back to Futurama. Wow. Okay. Excellent. So I'm glad I chose yeah. the, the biggest one because there's other stuff and it's not as cool. So yeah, it is uh, supposedly the actual real briefcase from the movie Pulp Fiction complete with the, the light bulb in it that was used to light up the faces of the actors as they opened it. Uh, to show the money or Marcellus Wallace's soul or whatever. Or insert um, your fan theory here. Uh, the original copy of Duke Nukem Forever. Um, exactly. That got lost. And then they had to remake the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just like if they that. Remade so, it, if they remade it, it would be some one of these like NFTs in which you can buy. Like, God, a we're not we're not talking about NFTs on this f-ing podcast. <laughs> I their their theft is all it is. I I uh, mm, okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> topic broached. Topic rejected. <laughs> uh, so because of the light bulb in the briefcase. The briefcase uh, immediately catches fire, um, and uh, Chang is like, look, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but you're a bad friend. Good job, Chang. Um, This is when Troy flips out and screams that he'll kill Chang and tries to strangle him, uh, slamming him up against the the jukebox, which changes music 
I believe you probably have more information on what the music is. And everybody tries to pull them apart. And Brian, the boss, just kind of like watches. He's like, hmm. Yeah, he's just, he's not too phased by this. Uh, I think he's just, he's tired of everything. So, you know, you hit that moment where you're just like, oh, I'm just so tired. I just, I can't. I'm already so mad at Britta. I yeah. just can't handle it's like, I'm this. not even going to deal with this. It's fine. Back at my dinner with Abed, Jeff is telling Abed a story about when he was a child. And for Halloween, he was dressed up as a little, in a quote, little Indian girl. Um, and he says that by the third house, because everyone just kept saying what a pretty girl he was, by the third house, he just stopped correcting them. Why draw attention to it? And once the shame and fear wore off, I was just glad they thought I was pretty. And it cuts over to Abed's face, and Abed looks terrified. The, right. the same the same Jeff look of Abed says he pooped his pants has now transferred over mm. to Abed. He is like escape abort just right. Get 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 out. I will say that there is a lot going on in this story that Jeff tells. There's there's not i mean there's a lot of like internalized like misogyny and like like gender dynamic issues jeff needs therapy that 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 boy needs therapy bad i will sum it up as jeff needs therapy yeah he he's got a lot going on um jeff however jeff does say i he 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 finds this ability to talk this openly incredible and it and it's it even looks like the weight has been lifted off his shoulders. It's like, why can't the world be like this? Um, and this is perfect timing because Pierce comes in. Still in his gimp costume. No mask. So we know it's really Chevy here in this in this gimp costume. Mm-hmm. Abad asks, like, wait, what what's going on? And then he puts it all together because he's like, wait, the wallet, milkshakes, burgers, the diner you guys were going to throw me a, a Pulp Fiction party. And his his mannerisms have gone back to classic Abed. Right. So it becomes pretty clear at this point that Abed was was doing an act. And then for those of us who have not seen My Dinner with Andre, uh, the waiter comes over and Abed's just like, nope, just uh, give, me, give us the check. And then the waiter says, like, oh, but I mean, I th- you're already done? I mean, I, in My Dinner with Andre... So he blows the whole thing wide open. Right. And this is when Jeff looks at Abed in anger and it's like, what is my dinner with Andre? So at least he hasn't seen it. So we cool people have not seen my dinner with Andre. That's my takeaway. So we're the cool people. We're the cool people for once. We did it. Yeah. I have have seen Pulp Fiction. I have not seen my dinner with Andre. I'm part of the cool kids club. I fell asleep during fight club. So I'm part of the fight club. This fell asleep during fight club club and the cool kids club (laughs) at the same time. Middle of that Venn diagram, baby. You know, I, I, we look at that Venn diagram and you know what? It's just been. I'm I'm going to have to make a Venn diagram that says has seen Pulp Fiction, has not seen My Dinner with Andre, and fell asleep during Fight Club. And, and then in the, right middle, in the middle, of there. that's going to be a picture of me, baby. It's going to be off amazing. to the side because I've done two of the things, not the third one. Yeah, we find out that Abed was doing a bit this whole time. And Surprise! Then, uh, although 
Jeff does ask, wait, did you really poo your pants on the set of Cougar Town? And Abed's just like, uh, I think he says like it's irrelevant or something. That shouldn't matter. That shouldn't matter. Uh-huh. But it does, though. It kind a little of. Bit. I mean, we it, there was a connection, made a connection there. Um, this is when the rest of the group comes in, and Brit is like, "Thank you both for getting me fired. The party's over." I should point out too, though, that everyone shows up dressed as their Pulp Fiction characters to this very fancy restaurant. Right. The it's anger, kind of amazing. The anger for Jeff and Abed overrides the should we get dressed no no i am mad at jeff and abed i mean in fairness everyone mostly looks like normal people dress other than pierce and chang um, chang is mm-hmm. basically just has like boxing shorts and like mm-hmm. a robe on and the bald cap it's it's kind of a thing yeah. i think everyone else could just be like yeah i just i just dress like mia wallace on on the regular and it's fine I mean, that's that's what a, a white dress shirt and like black pants. Uh huh. I mean, that's a reasonable dress. That's that's clothes people wear, unlike clothes the gimp people wear. <laughs> so Jeff storms out, and because uh, he's he's really upset, he's gonna go um, return his really cool present for Abed. Troy's like, it's back at the diner. Probably just needs some detailing. Uh, and then Troy sits down and sees, oh, no-no juice, and takes his hip and is like, oh, that's some good no-no juice. I don't love that term, but that's fine. I just and- love I just love that like moment of Donald Glover being incredible. At the diner, uh, Jeff offers uh, a $1,200 in damages if you give Britta her, her job back. And her boss is like, 800 and she stays fired. And they shake on it. <laughs> they made a deal. Um, Abed shows up and thanks him for the briefcase, which was, in, which is in front of him and is absolutely destroyed. Uh, Jeff says it's a waste, but Abed tells him it wasn't because Willie's authentic cinema treasures on eBay exaggerates a little bit. Um, he has he's gotten the Indiana Jones whip. Uh, Willie uh, moves about seventy of those a, a year. We find out that Jeff spent a whole week planning this party just to make Abed happy. And then he was making himself, uh, Abed was making himself happy uh, all over everyone else by doing a stupid movie spoof, which Abed prefers the term homage. I also prefer the term homage because it's, because a spoof is a comedic turn on it. And this is more of a, like a loving, like look at it, a, a, a reinterpretation, if you will. We do get sort of a touching moment because Abed says that he chose my dinner with Andre uh, and to do my dinner with Andre with Jeff specifically because it's about a friend who catches up with a a friend who's kind of weird and that he's been avoiding lately. And so they have this moment about like, look, I mean, you know, I don't think you're that weird. I don't need you to change or grow. Sometimes emotional breakthroughs are overrated. So they they have kind of a, a touching moment um, in as much as I, I feel like Jeff is too cool to think he has touching moments. And then right. Abed probably has enough trouble with touching moments that like, sure, this is probably about the best you're going to get from them, at least until like the series finale. Right. Um, uh, th- I would agree with you there. Jeff does tell Abed to keep a tight, heavy lid on the story about the trick-or-treating. A THL. THL. 
tight, heavy lid. Uh, Abed pulls the check. He he brought the check from the restaurant. It's like, I, I, I don't have this kind of money and hands it to Jeff. And Jeff heads back to the restaurant to pay the bill. The restaurant is closed now. Um, but it turns out that Abed had moved the party to the nice restaurant and they salvaged it with the help of the waiter who felt bad for spilling the beans. So they're all hanging out. They're reenacting some Pulp Fiction moments. Um, including drinking the, some including milkshakes. The, like the, the gun showdown. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. Um, uh-huh. The, the, like the, begin- the opening. And it's like, none of you move or I'm going to execute every motherfucking last one of you. Just like that. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm still not sure what Shirley thinks this movie's about because she Absolutely. very clearly is doing all the same gun stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're all, it looks like they're all having a a fun Mm -hmm. time and we get sort of that, uh, ending voiceover from Jeff, um, where he says, uh, but I doubt I'll ever forget my, my, my dinner with Andre dinner with Abed. And that is the, the end of the first, uh, the, the episode, but we do have the tag. Uh, the tag Um, is, well, so I was, I'm just, I'm just assuming because again, I've never seen my dinner with Andre. I assume the end of my dinner with Andre ends with, but I doubt I'll ever forget my dinner with Andre. It's probably true. I do know that the if if I remember what I heard or read, the my dinner with Andre ends with uh, Wallace Shawn, I believe, telling uh, about to tell his wife about the conversation, and then probably ends like that. Yes. Um. Okay. Well, I just I typed in the phrase I doubt I'll ever forget my dinner with Andre and it brought up uh a bunch of um links to this episode of Community. So maybe not. If you've seen my dinner with Andre, please explain to us. Please. How it is a mo- how it does, how it movies. We go to the tag um troy and abed are eating at the same fancy restaurant and uh they get the bill and um uh uh one of them's like oh uh, allow me yeah troy's like troy wants to be magnanimous and pay for it and then he gets extreme sticker shock abed goes to see it and says that's not good uh troy's like they said it was market price what market are you shopping at and, Abed and then they do the old dine and dash. Yeah. I, I do love how calm Abed is. It's like he's folding his napkin. It's like, I'm going to run. And Troy's like, me too. And they count to three and then book it. Uh, so that is the end of the episode. And that means that it is time for. Um, I think this is a pretty good episode. So. My my problem is that I uh, it is it is very it is two very specific references of which I have seen one. Sure. So I imagine that uh, in true community fashion, I imagine that it does a great job of homaging my dinner with Andre. Um, I just have to take community's word for that. The Pulp Fiction references are great. I mean, the the costuming, the 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 like costume for the characters being in costume, are all very good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have questions about where Pierce got the gimp costume that I don't know that I want answered. Correct. But, um, 
the Pulp Fiction references are really great. I love just again one of my favorite Shirley lines ever uh, about how it's a fun thirty minute movie about a bunch of friends who love cheeseburgers, dancing, and the Bible. Um, it's very good. I also really love that even though the whole thing turns out to be a like weird contrived plot by Abed and like, okay, let's back up for a moment. What was his exit strategy? Right? Because you have a, a, a dinner with Jeff as a real like person to person. I'm a serious person. Now you got to go back to class on Monday. <laughs> like, are, are you just, are you going every time Jeff's around? You're just like, Oh, I'm serious Abed. And, um, Ever since I was at in Cougar Town, you know, I've, I've really just changed my outlook. And then the moment he leaves, you're just like, whoo, wipe some sweat off your brow then and then be like, cool, cool, cool. And start talking about, uh, you know, kick, uh, puncher. kick puncher and firefly and whatever. Sure, yeah. I imagine that his end game is like doing the exact end of the movie and then coming in the next day and be like, thanks. That was that was fun. I'm glad we did um, that. So yeah, like, so I don't, it, I don't, I don't think he had much more else than that. So it turns out to be this really contrived plot by Abed, but it does end up with that that sweet moment between uh, Jeff and Abed, where like, you know, I mean, Abed says straight up in season one that uh, he knows TV is not real, but that's how he connects with the world and so that's what he's doing he's staying very true to his character sure. but in a in a real desire like it is a real desire to connect to a human being while acknowledging he cannot connect to another human being without it being a bit sure right like it it has to be through the lens of tv and movies but he has that real desire i mean you don't you don't do, you don't pull my dinner with Andre out just for funsies. Like <laughs> agreed, yes. You you do that because you want to have a real connection with someone, and so as a as a character, as an episode with a story based on characters, I really enjoy this episode. Um, it's hard for me to really give it like a great grade because. It's hard to be like this episode that is directly referencing a thing I've never seen is great. Sure. Maybe yeah. if I've seen my dinner with Andre, I would give it a little bit more favorable rating. I'm going to give it a B plus. Okay. Because I think it's very well done, but I just, I constantly feel like I'm missing half of the episode and that is not the episode's fault. Like it's one of those things where it's like, it's a B plus because of me maybe right. it's even better yeah maybe i need like, to watch my dinner with andre and it's, then it's like you're giving it this. an incomplete because you haven't quite you haven't gotten to the rest of it yet it's like i'm the teacher and i'm reading the essay but i decided to just get real drunk and and uh you know rewatch pulp fiction and then I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot to judge. Uh, I forgot to grade uh, this uh, essay on my dinner with Andre. It's a B plus. You did it. G good job. Um, yeah, that's fair. I, I think it's fair to. Because we don't really know how good the homage to my dinner with Andre is. And I don't have a good. I mean, I, ha I Pulp Fiction is such in the zeitgeist that I kind of have those kind of like the the beats of it. 
like I think I kind of get enough of it to get the sense of how good it is, and and based on your description, it it seems like it's very good. I it, it you're right. It is really hard if you haven't seen this. You know, a, a good from every <laughs> from everything we can tell, a good movie, um, but was kind of. Uh, I feel I feel like it's weird to call it a cult movie because it's referenced by a a a, a sitcom on NBC, but I think mm-hmm. it's more of a cult movie than anything else. It was also filmed in Richmond, Virginia, which is interesting to me specifically. Um, enough about my dinner with Andre in my grades. Um, I, you're right. It is difficult when you haven't seen the movie to grade it reasonably. Um, there is a bit of a, I should see this movie before I can really grade this because so much of this episode is built off of that. However, it is such a strong episode to me that even though I don't, I haven't seen my dinner with Andre, I get what they're going for. And I understand what the feel of my dinner with Andre is without seeing it. I, and then you kind of dig into the community specific things about how every character is reacting to this situation. You have Troy being kind of goofy sometimes, but also being really paranoid about him losing his friendship with Abed, which it means so much to him. You have Britta, you know, trying to keep everything together, trying to keep her job, not being great at the job because she's not getting a ton of tips, things like that. You have, you you even get some you you get really deep into Abed pooping his pants on Cougar Town. You get really <laughs> deep into some of the things that really clearly have Jeff needs therapy. You really you really get a sense of how much Jeff needs therapy in this episode. And I I think that is such a great thing for it to have done. Like I and and I understand that these two homages are like tied together but they tied them together these two different things that are just wildly disparate they tie them together in such a way that makes it really feel good like it mm-hmm. feels within the universe it feels like it makes sense and i think with without even knowing a lot of the smaller references to pulp fiction and any of the references to my den with andre it is fascinating how they pulled this off it is incredible how they kind of tied all this together like you i can tell from my i uncultured i haven't seen my dinner with under brain that this is a labor of love like Mm -hmm. this you they clearly love my dinner with andre they clearly love pulp fiction and the fact that they went to the the depths they do to tie these two together in a plot that makes sense and serves all the characters i think it's clearly to me, and again, maybe if I see my dinner with Andre and see that it's basically a one for one shot for shot remake, um, is it for me? I, 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 it, it can't be anything less than a minus just because you can tell it's, it's well crafted. It's an enjoyable okay. episode of television, even if you haven't seen my dinner with Andre, uh, and it is well crafted and well considered. And I think that, and it's an enjoyable piece of television. You get a lot, it's not, maybe not the funniest episode. But, you know, it it is weird and quirky and things are things are going in that kind of community tone. And it's it's very enjoyable to watch. OK, um, great. We want to know what you all think about this episode, uh, about uh, the movie My Dinner with Andrea, a film that neither Mike nor I has seen. <laughs> um 
We want to know about uh, what else did we talk about on this episode? I don't even remember. We were like, we got off on a whole tan. What was what weird what was, stuff was in your locker? What was your um, locker situation in high school? We want to know. What would you write on a whiteboard with Yoshi on it? What did you think of Venice? Be- Venice the Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. We d- we went on. I went on a whole. I don't remember what we, we went ta- on tangents, and we still don't remember any of them. It's because I've not eaten dinner yet. Uh, I'm going to blame it on that. Uh, we'll wrap up so I can go put food in my face <laughs> so I can have I can have my dinner with Sarah. Where? <laughs> um, Please tell me you're going to have my dinner with Andre dinner with Sarah. Where you have I a could go. Deep I could go put on pooping. a nice chunky sweater. Yes. I don't have any cardigans, but I I did get some sweaters uh, this winter. I could put one of those on. We could eat our our frozen Trader Joe's meal with some. I was gonna say fancy wine. We don't have any fancy wine. Um, it's fine. I'll pour myself a scotch neat and mm, just wait. like Jeff, just like Jeff. Toe-to-toe. And then I'll talk about real conversation and not about this podcast because <laughs> usually she asks me how the podcast went and then I go we talked about random stuff but I'll talk about real conversation true. uh you can have real conversation with us by sending us a tweet at good greendale on twitter you can go to goodmorninggreendale.com where you can find a contact form to send us some tasty morsels of real conversation we can have a my dinner with good morning greendale with andre exactly uh especially if your name is andre if your name is andre come have dinner with us that's what the movie's about right so you can find <laughs> yes, us on patreon patreon.com slash back to futurama uh you can find our fan group on facebook that's league of jeremy is for reasons sometimes i get to the end of these and i bring up league of jeremy's and i'm like why do people listen to this podcast <laughs> it's true <laughs> our our one piece of lore is that our fan group is the league of jeremy's because it's the league of jeremy's who cause us to fail by letting yes. us do Continue our own thing un- unimpeded and we sh- will fail because of it until next time (laughs) when we're talking about another community episode that is hopefully an homage to something we have both seen i'm ben and i'm my dinner with mike (laughs) (laughs) i wish wish you you luck. luck